Chapter 7 is a continuation of rules relating to the sacrificial order. And it begins with Zotarat Asham. This is the rule concerning the Asham, the guilt offering. Kodesh Kodashim, who? The Asham is Kodesh Kodashim, Holy of Holies. Holy of Holies, Kodesh Kodashim, he is a description of the chatat, the sin offering, as I call it. Um, and that's also in verse number 18 of chapter 6 in the previous chapter, Kodesh Kodashim, he. And the same thing is true of the meal offering of the mincha, despite the fact that there is uh, no, um, no blood and no chelev, but the mincha also is uh, described in the Torah as being uh, Kodesh Kodashim. Verse number uh, 10 of the previous chapter, The mincha, the Torah ha-mincha, beginning in verse 7 of chapter 6, and the Torah describes some rules, tells us rules concerning the mincha, but the Torah says, Kodesh Kodoshimi kachatat v'cha'asham. So the mincha and the chatat and the asham are all described as Kodesh Kodoshim. The Ola, in the beginning of the uh, chapter, chapter 6, is not described as Kodesh Kodoshim, but is deeply connected to the Mizbeach, which the Torah earlier had said, Kodesh Kodoshim he. The Mizbeach is holy of holies. And now we come, in chapter 7, to a sacrifice that is not Kodesh Kodashim. Of course it is Kodesh, as are all sacrifices, but it's not Kodesh Kodashim. The Mishnah and the Talmud already distinguish between what they call Kodesh Kodashim and Kodshim Kalim. The sacrifices that are holy of holies, and the sacrifices that are also holy, but less holy. And they distinguish between them. In Jewish tradition, these kinds of distinctions are very significant. They remind me of the blessing that we say when, when the festival, when Yom Tov falls on a Sunday, Motzei Shabbat, after the Shabbat, we make Havdalah. We make a, say a prayer which is about distinctions, normally distinguishing between the holy and the not holy. Hamavdil ben Kodesh Lechol. But if the festival, Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot falls, on a Sunday, Rosh Hashanah, it's possible, it doesn't happen, but when festivals fall on Sundays, we make Havdalah Saturday night because Shabbat is holier than the Yom Tov because there's more restrictions. Restrictions and limitations and sanctity are connected. And the blessing in the Havdalah on Motzei Shabbat, Hamavdil ben Kodesh Kodesh. We bless the God who distinguishes between the holy and the holy. Not all holiness is the same. So when it comes to the sacrifices, which are Kodesh Kodashim, the Mincha, the Chatat, the Asham, Kodesh Kodashim, and by implication the Ola, but when it comes to the Shlamim, that's Kodshim Karim, that's less holy. And the less holiness manifests in this, that Zot Torah Zevach HaShlamim, that the Shlamim, unlike the others, may be eaten by the one that brings the sacrifice, not just by the priest. It's not fully burnt like the Ola. 
there's a permissibility of that the one who brings the sacrifice, the zevach, partakes of it. We have spoken earlier of the idea that the shlamim is eaten, God gets a portion, and the priest gets a portion, and the one who brings it gets a portion. The idea of eating together as a covenantal act, that is related very much to the zevach shlamim. Now what's interesting is that in the context of the zevach shlamim, we have a very interesting law, and perhaps even more interesting is the rabbinic interpretation of the law. The Torah says that the Torah says that in verse number uh, 17 and 18, The zevach may be eaten on the first day, umimacharat, that's verse 16. In other words, not just one day. It can eat in a, a day, the day you bring the sacrifice, and that night, and the following day. That's the rule of the shlamim. There is an exception to that, which is the beginning of the section here in uh, chapter 7, beginning with verse number 12, which is the thanksgiving offering. The todah is different than the regular shlamim. It's a subset of shlamim. The todah is only eaten for one day. But the normal shlamim can be eaten a day and the following day until the evening. Whatever left over has to be burned. The Torah says in verse 18, Says the Torah, if the meat of the Shlamim is eaten on the third day, it will not be acceptable. It shall not be considered for the one who brought it. Pigul yehiyah. Pigul is a negative term. Negative term. Called an abomination. Something which is not right. Desecration. Abomination. Hanefesh Whoever eats it bears his sin. So the plain reading of the Torah is... I brought a sacrifice, a shlamim, but I didn't uh, eat all of it in the appropriate time. I ate some of it after the appropriate time on the third day. And then it sounds like this sacrifice will then become uh, invalid and the eating of it itself is sinful. Now the rabbinic understanding of pigu, and pigu occupies a rather important place within the Mishnah, and the Talmud, they talk about it at some length, the rabbis came up with a different understanding of pigul. That is, they understood it to mean not that the person ate it on the third day, that would not invalidate the sacrifice, that would be forbidden, but it wouldn't invalidate the sacrifice. You brought the sacrifice, and the eating of the sacrifice, as they understand it, or not eating of the sacrifice, the eating is a mitzvah, but you don't eat it, the sacrifice is still valid. So they, un- they reinterpret the verse to mean not that the person actually ate 
the sacrifice in the inappropriate time, but that in the course of the ritual preparation of the sacrifice, the slaughter of a sacrifice, the throwing of the blood on the altar, the Kohen, or the person that slaughtered it, thought to eat it in the inappropriate time. They introduce into Pigul something which seems very far from the plain reading of the text, which is it's not about what you do, it's about what you think you should do. So the rabbis introduced into the sacrificial order the idea of machshavah, that what you think actually matters, what you think, or the Kohen thinks, during the process of bringing the sacrifice, can actually invalidate the sacrifice. And it is very striking that the rule of pigul is specifically connected to the, to the karban shlamim. And I wonder about that. The karban shlamim uh, is the sacrifice that the person brings and eats of the sacrifice, and it will become clear later in the book of Vayikra that at least in the desert, you were not allowed to eat and meat at all, except if you brought it as a sacrifice. The bringing of a sacrifice, the Karban Shlamim or the Zevach, has the function of allowing you to eat meat. Without that, it seems from chapter 17 of Vayikra, we'll get there, I hope, that it's invalid. So it's specifically over here, which is in the, in the rules relating to the slaughter of the animal for the purpose, among other purposes, of eating the animal, that here the rabbinic understanding is that your intention matters. The ritual of sacrifice, which is often condemned by the prophets, in the sense that sacrifice lends itself to a belief that a formal act can solve all my problems. Irregardless of my thought. And it's dafka over here, specifically over here, that the rabbis introduce the idea of thought. And they expanded it, interestingly, in the Mishnah to include not only thinking about eating something in the inappropriate time, they expanded that to thinking about eating it in the inappropriate place. I slaughter it, thinking I'll eat it outside the temple precincts, outside of Jerusalem. And then they expanded that and discussed at some great length, what about if I have other thoughts? What about if the priest slaughters the sacrifice or sprinkles the blood but has a different person in mind? It's called Shalom Lishma or Shalom Lishem Baalim. The introduction of, of intention into the sacrificial order is one of the major innovations of the Mishnah. And specifically, I think, in the context of eating meat of slaughtering the animal for the purpose of eating meat. Here, the rabbinic tradition emphasizes more than any other place the importance of intention, the importance of an understanding of why I do what I do, and the idea of sanctity. Sanctity is always related to place and time. The bounds of time, the bounds of place are most significant when it comes to the most mundane activities, eating a meal. So here, the re-understanding or the interpretation of Pigel, not when I did eat it, but when I thought to eat it.